Enterprise Digital Podcast with Ian Aitchison and Barclay Ray, navigating the ever-expanding service management maze. Hello and welcome to Enterprise Digital, the podcast. My name is Barclay Ray and I am joined on this uh, by my friend and colleague, uh, Ian Aitchison. Ian, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing awesomely well, thank you, Barclay. Yes, very well. I'm looking out the window at a beautiful blue sky and sunshine. So uh, life is good. Makes a change, uh, absolutely. Um, we are doing this um, little podcast, which is going to be concentrating on that area, I guess. And we're, we're calling it Enterprise Digital, Enterprise Service Management, Digital Transformation, whatever you want to call it. But we're going to try and focus on that area and, and, and really delve as deep as we can into it and get some clarity, get some, maybe some new thinking, get some ideas flowing in that area and um, hopefully get feedback as well on that, that we'll bring into the subsequent episodes of the podcast so that uh, people can get some continuity. Does that make sense to you? you yeah. That is what we talked about. We, this isn't the wrong podcast, is it? Yes. Luckily that is what we talked about. Yes. Yes. I, I considered <laughs> talking about garden gnomes and pottery, but Thankfully, I brought the notes to talk about enterprise service management and digital and all those things around that topic where people like to talk and ask questions. There's a lot of interest at the moment. So I'm, I'm in the right place. Well, we're both in the right place. And for those of you that are interested in those topic, topics, you're in the right place. So thank you for joining us. OK, so what's digital transformation <laughs> to you? What, what's, what's your take on digital yeah, transformation? Yeah, I wrote a little blog about this a, a short while ago, which really helped me clarify um, my perspective on this because it is confusing. Mm-hmm. There's one definition people bounce around a digital transformation, which is a business needs to move from bricks and mortar high street to um, highly transactional, cloud-based, highly digital business that's working um, effectively as a, a cloud operation rather than a traditional brick and mortar on-prem piece of paper organization. However, here's my second point. When you then talk about what is digital transformation, people tend to take it, I think, to a second level. So it's all kind of in the same box, but there are two things in that box. The, the first I've described, strategic business, the function of the business and the purpose of the business. The second level is people doing the work that they do. And when we talk about digital transformation, we talk about people all the way across an organization. And if you're listening to this, you're probably sitting at home, I imagine, or in your car or somewhere. Um, But you're still doing your job and you use technology to do your job. And the way you use technology and the, the way you work and the way you think about work needs to change to support your business transforming to that new high-level strategic model. So I think there are two types of digital transformation. And in my little blog that I did, I, I called one, I think, strategic and the other operational. And, and that, that helps me because I think there's the big stuff, but there's also the, I call it little, how we do the jobs that we do. No matter where we work in the work we do, how can we do it better? How can we be increasingly automated? How can we be more focused on delivering value and the outcome of the work we do? So that's kind of my potted summary. Yeah, it, it is. And it kind of ties in actually just the, 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 the earlier intro uh, as to the two different ways into digital transformation. Because on the one hand, you have got those, those little bits and pieces of things that we do 
you know, where we've traditionally had them in spreadsheets and, you know, back of a cigarette packet or whatever it is that we've done to hold information and use it. Um, and that can be systemized in some way. And, and, and that's helpful usually now through, you know, people using more and more apps um, and more and more productivity apps and, and tools that just help us to do things easier and more quickly. And then the strategic stuff, yeah, absolutely, which is much more top-down about the organization creating the right environment and changing the way it's structured and the way it works, how people need to work to make to make those things really happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a very good um, description and, and a definition and because it also encompasses a lot of different variations and hybrid you know versions in the spectrum in between those two things you know um because i mean as we've said it it does cover a whole number of a whole number of different areas on 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 the enterprise side what i mean did because you also blogged a bit about what your definition of that was what you thought there's different types of enterprise service management and enterprise operations and so on um which was very insightful um I haven't got it right in front of me at the moment, but I think there's some value in trying to tie those things together, I think, which is obviously what we're trying yeah. to do in this in this session. I mean, I, I can talk us through the next couple of steps as well, which is, um, yeah. I mean, I, I just wrote down as you were talking, I wrote down productivity versus orchestrated and automated. Um, and mm. you were talking about productivity tools and you were talking about people working uh, more efficiently. But I think as we look at digital transformation and we look at people, it's not just about using an app that lets them be a little bit more productive with their to-do list. That's not it. I think it's about people doing their job in a much more consistent technology enhanced orchestrated way. Work comes in, work gets done, work moves on to the next person. You've got a, a queue of the work you need to do, whether it's big or small. It's following a particular sequence. You know what's going to happen. You know where it goes afterwards. And that is what service management gives us. So that takes us to the second part of the, of the description. Um, lots of people talk about enterprise service management or ESM. And it's kind of born out or, or grown from IT service management. And let's, let's make this point now that we always make, right, Barclay, we always say this. Everybody's always been doing this for years. This is nothing new. Uh, I don't know how many hundreds of years you've been in the industry, but I've, I'm almost as many hundreds of years, just a fraction under. Um, and during all that time, it, it's more it's more like eons <laughs> of you know eons of years. <laughs> you have seen tectonic plates shift, um, but in all that time, people have always used their service management tools yep. outside of IT. Right? That's kind of not mm. new, but a few years ago, it started to develop a name. It started to be given. Uh, its own title, uh, which is ESM. But here's my thing. And again, you may disagree and lovely listeners, you may also disagree, but I'm going to put it out there because that's the great thing about a podcast I can. You see, I think enterprise service management is all service management. Uh, It's the way people work doing their job and it's a way of defining the way that people work. Inside enterprise service management, you've got IT. Now, IT have been doing their version of enterprise service management for years and years, and it's really well established. You can refer to things like ITIL. For example, you've got all your body of definition and best practice and guidelines. Uh, If I was to draw it on my piece of paper here, it'd be a long, tall, wide pillar. And then you've got a slightly thinner one that's horizontal across the top, which is taking those pieces 
that IT have used a lot and reapplying them into other parts of the business. So HR might uh, follow similar workflow for HR requests and HR tasks uh, and facilities management or other, other departments. So in my mind, you've got a big thing called ESM. ESM is how you change the way people work. Uh, it's how you introduce operational digital transformation. Within that big thing called ESM, you've got a deep thing called ITSM, IT service management. There is not yet a thing called HR service management or FM service management, but maybe there will be. Maybe that's a space that needs to come along. There are some, I mean, there's CAFM, which is used by facilities people. Um, and there's obviously ways of doing things in HR and other other teams. I, I suppose when you're talking there, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I, I think if, if we are going to talk about service management in the in the round, then it must be about organizational service management. Let's let's call it that. And IT is or technology is one part of that. Yeah. My my question is: Is it really a thing? Is it, is it? Does it actually make sense to refer to it as enterprise service management? Because once you get to that kind of level, what we're talking about is how organizations and teams work together to achieve their <laughs> achieve their goals uh, uh, very good yeah yeah no, I, I, you're, you're I, right. you know I, I don't know if i'm right i'm just i mean i'm just putting the other view on that 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 kind of says well okay it, it does make sense to bundle these things in in the way that we have identified them in in itsm and ITIL and so on but i, I don't know if we I suppose it depends, these things always come out in the wash as, as to whether or not people actually want them and make sense of them. And the thing I don't hear is people talking about enterprise service management outside of IT, if you know what I mean. They talk about getting stuff done and doing their job um, and doing that in a kind of joined up way. We, we do hear about joined up government and joined up governance and all those kind of things so i don't know if we need to labor at the point but it's it's, it's convenient it's a convenient way of bundling this this activity and particularly when it relates to digital and digital enterprises um but it gets to the point where it almost becomes you know do we actually do we actually need the term and i don't know i mean i, I suppose that's what hopefully we can start to explore a bit more um and discuss as we go along with the, the idea of these podcast is that we're going to we're going to try and capture some of the content that we produce in in short form push that out after the sessions go and hopefully get some feedback from from our listener you know that, that can in, in, in inputs to the next one if you like and so the next time we do this we'll be actually be discussing feedback that we've got from our one or two listeners yeah. out there sorry um there's a great question for our listener which is that point you just made Barclay of um if you have people using service management practices, let's say, activities outside of IT, what do they call it? What do what they refer to? And does it even have a name? As you said, Barclay, is it just doing work, but doing work in a better way? Um, so that would be a really interesting thing to hear. Is that term just maybe the term service management? Yeah. Is that starting to be picked up outside of the core IT space at all? When you go to the MSP market and, and some other areas, I mean, you know, an ISO 20,000 for, for years has been talking just about service management. And that that is meant to mean, you know, much broader. I mean, it, when you're talking about managed service providers, they, they obviously, it's their business to do service management. So it kind of makes sense that all their other functions are joined together. Um, but I mean, the thing I like about it, and just putting the 
two different sides on the the thing I like about maybe still using the term service management in here somewhere is that it does I think it's much more clear as to what it means than digital um, digital enterprise or digital transform you know digital transform what well business but what we're actually talking about with the work is the service yes. management the delivery of products and services by that organization so that that still makes quite good clear sense to me yes. and um, I suppose at this point in time digital is, is, is a handy term to to be able to add to that to give it the context that you know very often we are talking about technology and d- digital types of products and services rather than just you know any other type of widget yes. that people might be might be using so that's a good question you know what do, what do people think do we do we need to have this other term what do other people actually use it for um and and so on and i think that kind of leads me into another question which is then i think if we start maybe start to drill down a little bit because we you know i mean you've come from many years in in, in you know working in the specifically in the technology yeah. space um and you know working on products and product management in in our part of the world I think the challenge is because again we've we've got these different words and terms floating around. It kind of then is open to be picked up by various vendors and technologists, you know, to to focus in on those things. And I still have in my own mind quite a lot of um, lack of clarity around about where all the products exactly sit. And maybe that's because they all overlap. And the, the, you know, I don't know. But what do you what do you think then? You know, or how would you identify can you draw a line between you know what what you would describe as enterprise products as opposed to just digital productivity type work or, or are they all just morphing oh, into each other God, that's a big question there's a couple of things i think that play into this uh one is uh when we talk about enterprise service management we talk about service management what you see in most cases is it's the ITSM tools that are driving the conversation because the tools are there and they can be used in different ways. So it's very easy for an organization to say, let's coordinate the way we work. Let's work better. Let's offer self-service for library services. Let's do these different things because we've got something that does that already. So we don't have to go out and buy a completely separate technology that we don't know anything about, that we don't have the skills or the training. We've actually got this thing. We've got this thing, and it, it, it does that other thing too, and everybody can do that other thing. And it's really easy for us to decide to make that step. So that, I think, is why we continue to see that and will continue to see that coming from IT, because uh, I don't think... Uh, there are technologies in those other spaces that can spread in the same way across a business. So it's, it's almost unique in my mind. But then there's the other factor, which is other uh, technologies are starting to jostle around and maybe will soon be fighting it out for the owning of the doing of work. And this gets quite interesting because mm-hmm. here we see tools like uh, Microsoft Teams, which uh, I, I still think is going to eat the world. Microsoft Teams obviously is a great platform in lots of different areas, but they've got a whole workflow piece in the background there, and they're starting to ease that in as potentially a next-generation platform for getting work done, which is where service management tools are. So maybe there's going to be a battle royale at some point in the future between you know, Microsoft and ServiceNow or whoever. 
over who owns the doing of work in an organization. I think that's one of the really fascinating things from a technology perspective uh, and strategy perspective. Uh, we, we lack that in, in the world. There is no one technology that we can use to track and manage the work that we do wherever we are, whatever we do. There isn't one. It's easy, easy for writing documents or putting together presentations or spreadsheets. I mean, there's a few, but they, you know, they're very clear uh, that there isn't one around the doing of work. So long rambling answer. Uh, in fact, almost forgotten your question, Barclay, but hopefully you can pick some sense on that. So I, I have to, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more in there, and, and I think maybe we, we might devote one, you know, at least one proper podcast session to talking more in detail about that. And I think this is just trying to give, get a bit of a taster for some of those things. But I, you know, I agree with you. I think there's, you know, if you think about office as it has been, you know, the, the individual components, you know, they, they all work, they, you know, but how much time around it do we spend looking for things or trying to put things in the right place and, you know, actually having workflow to drive that for organizations uh, is, I think, what everybody wants, you know, and, and you can then build all sorts of other tools around that. It, it, it probably is going to be a bit of a challenge for some of the tools in, in the ITSM space um, and as well as others. I mean, you know, you say teams are going to eat the world. 365 dynamics and so on is, is becoming more and more prevalent, you know, and, and the argument sometimes I find myself maybe with clients where they're saying, well, we're looking at doing it this with 365. What do you think? And my experience is quite varied of, you know, the extent to which that, that suite and what was things like support center and it's now, other applications, you know, how, how good they are compared to the ITSM tools. But actually, you lose that battle yeah. 99 times out of 100 because of the integration capability, right. and it's all there. So the the nice bells and whistles that we might have in, in you know, one of our ITSM tools, really, you know, nobody's going to care so much about that. So that, that again, changes the, the, the course of where the technology is used and where you know who makes the decisions about it and you know we, again we in it we've decided which which tools we choose for for various things but i think that's that's becoming less and less and and, and even when we're talking about the msp space i notice more and more that msps are having less control of their own access to those tools you know whereas they may have run their own service now or remedy or whatever other platforms for their clients. Their clients are now saying, no, we want to run, we want to run those ourselves. We want to have our own data. We want to do it this way. So that's, that's where not just Microsoft is eating the world again, but also the world is sort of, you know, going from being, you know, completely um, meat eating to vegan. And, 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 and if you, <laughs> I'm trying to find a, a, a useful analogy here, but I just failed desperately vegan service Friday vegan. afternoon. Yeah, vegan. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a good new one. One thing I'll jump in. Focus on. in with Barclay. I think this will be for maybe our our next conversation or one after that. But I, I see there is a core set of. I'm not going to say practices because people immediately think we're talking about ITIL. There's a there's a core set of activities that everybody knows and loves inside service management. There's just a few of them, so not the whole lot. Uh, inside ITSM there's a few that core set like a little box full is very relevant to any functional unit in an organization 
that's the piece that's got the value. That's the great thing to dig into. You know, it's not about capacity and availability and demand and all those things. Um, there's just a few, maybe not going to it now, but there's just a few that um, you can take into any business unit or organizational function in a company and they can pick it up and improve what they do in the way they work. Well, I would agree, absolutely, and and you know, pleased to hear that that's you know that 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 view is shared. I mean, it, it's also one of the other things that I've been pleased about, and particularly in my more recent involvement in ITIL and ITIL four, is that we have been able to to some extent redefine those core you know the those core core practices um, and reassert the importance of them, both in terms of focus and you know for example even in training um foundation course is now much more focused on the the core the core elements um but you know the the, the natural follow-on from that is that those practices and the tools that deliver them yes they are they are pretty universal and they are portable and they are relevant in a number of situations um maybe changing the tags and the taxonomy a little bit can help uh, once you're outside of IT, but uh, the basic functions of you know managing work, managing, restoring things, dealing with issues, looking at trends, you know managing against targets and reporting against them, managing yeah. change. It's it's right. absolutely and, and there is no universal fundamental um, definition or platform for all parts of a business to do that. The closest at the moment is service management that we know and the tools that are used for that they they feel like they're the closest down that path but they're not there yet and let, and let me throw in one more thing in maybe for a future session again teasing our one listener to make sure he or she comes back which is uh when we talk about the uh overlap of esm into digital transformation or if you like that operational digital piece uh we have to talk about automation have to talk about not just the uh, definition of the flow of work, but automating the things that happen, the things that happen as if by magic, because that's a, a key part of any transformation. Human work gets picked up by the machines so that humans can move on to the more beneficial, less repetitive activities. So there's a whole topic there. And then, of course, the moment you start that conversation in walks artificial intelligence and machine learning hand in hand, because that's where you get the real power of some of these new concepts that are, you know, 50% hype, 50% reality. But um, if you can define the workflow, mm. uh, offer self-service interfaces and knowledge, if you can then automate and then apply AI and machine learning, you've just got the recipe for enterprise digital. Yep, or the digital, or the digital enterprise. Um, yes, and, and that, that just takes us to one, I suppose, one final interesting topic area i think um again for discussion but the one the angle in that that i have been aware of more in the last couple of years is, is i mean there's definitely a demand for for that but there's also quite a lot of uncertainty and particularly when you go into not just business areas but you know th those people who hold budgets and make decisions um you know will always tend to you know, be cautious about that, you know, and, and, and risk taking, although it's always hyped at the moment, it's hyped up as being the thing that everybody has to do. Um, you know, when you're in a position of um, responsibility, then you you look at the options and 
a lot of business, as you know, is, is about minimizing risks, um, mitigating them and so on. So automation, whilst it is a great opportunity to do so much that, you know, we, I think there's still a fair amount of education and clarification that's needed for people as to what the the real options are, you know, the, and, you know, what, what for example, AI isn't one thing, it's a number of different components. There than others, some of them more potentially scary than others, uh, but they've all got great applications and, and giving people clarity on that, I think is really important, particularly if they are, you know, not used to, to discussing this type of this type of thing. And I think it's also doubly important that they understand the implications of using it uh, and what's required in terms of building and testing it um, in a way, again, that if they just jumped into it, I mean, this is where our, our, our industry should be able to help by saying, well, you know, we know how to buy this stuff. We know how to implement it. We know what the, not just the functional requirements are, but also the, you know, the, the management and warranty and, and, you know, risk, security, all those kind of things that we need to manage around it are needed. So, you know, moving away from the market, you know, chief marketing officer using their credit card to buy stuff and then not being able to manage it. We, need, we The more close we are together in understanding these things, the better solutions we'll have. So, I mean, I think the it, it, is, the, it is the ultimate progression of this and I suppose representation of all the things that we're talking about, but it also just needs to be clarified at still quite a basic level. And, and I've not seen enough of that you know, where, where, where it's explained in, in non-technical terms or non... Again, I, I like this uh, approach of let's just try and simplify it down to real-world um, summary description of, of these concepts. Because you're right, there's a, an enormous amount of uh, misappropriation of terms or, or correctly using them, but using them correctly in five different ways. <laughs> so that, that's a really good thing to dig into. We've probably used yeah. them all interchangeably in this last 20 minutes as well. So um, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that, I think that's a, a good introduction for us to um, just just to lay out some of the things we're going to talk about and, and ask some questions of our, of our audience. Uh, hopefully we'll get some, some listeners and, and, and request that they, that they would contact us and, and, and give us some feedback that we can then discuss as we go forward we'll also be inviting in occasional guests uh, if they're willing to take their chance with us as we go you know, in specific topic areas i think we can we can look at that automation business governance is, is a big one uh, all the things that we've talked about enterprise and, and digital look forward to to doing that so um anything you want to finish off on any other questions you want to ask it's not a it's not a question so much as a another topic for us to think about as we dig deeper and go further down the the rabbit hole. Um, I've been reading some interesting stuff recently around how, as you introduce more and more technology uh, around how we do the work we do, obviously you start to get a great deal more um, insight into what work is being done by people, and you move to a point where rather than managing the productivity of a computer you start to think about managing the productivity of a person and making decisions about that person's um, function and how good they are at the job they do based on the data that comes back as they do their work and there's a whole interesting I know I'm, I have a technology angle 
but there's a whole interesting human angle around as you put more and more of this technology in place does it move us to a different a, a different position around people management and careers and proving yourself to be good at the job you do if you're being measured by the tool that you use to do the job you do there may be something there there's a huge um can of worms to be turned over there first first of all i, I do think that you know and, and and going back to the the point around how we measure and how we manage people then a lot yeah. of that has been turned over in the last year but a lot a lot of the fear and you know the fear uncertainty doubt has been removed from that in the last year as well and most of the organizations i work been working for you know they report that their productivity has actually gone up and their absence levels have gone down and all sorts of exciting things i mean they're they're all working in technology usually of course so it's probably relatively straightforward from that but you know even the things like if you you know the more you automate at the front line you know on a service desk the more the more pressure you put on on the interactions because there's much far less of them so rather than somebody calling in and speaking to somebody 10 times a year there might only be three and that these three have got to be excellent you know so that changes the the tone of what the service desk practice actually does you know so there's lots of implications there um and lots of discussions ongoing about the nature of work and what people actually do. So yes, we can we can probably add that in as another section or two to uh, to focus on and maybe bring some bring some uh, people who know what they're talking about um, in that area to really yeah. you know give us some some good advice. Not that we well, I mean, do we know what we're talking about? Of course we do. Um, but having having some additional focus, I think, will will, will help in those areas. To me, that's probably the most interesting area still of service management overall is how we get people to to do the right thing in the right situation, in the right context. Um, and, you know, technology yeah, right. can either work can work either way in that. It can really help or it yeah, can really push right. people yeah, down. Yeah, another conversation another time. Don't get me going on the word process and how that's been abused and misunderstood and agile working and the concepts of agile working outside of IT. Oh, I could go on for hours, Barkley. Stop me. Oh, God. Stop me. <laughs> You're just making me angry. You're just make. <laughs> You're getting yourself angry. But, yeah, there's lots of buzzwords that people use um, that, that just kill the art of um, proper debate and scrutiny, I think. So, hopefully, um, this, is, this is the Enterprise Digital Podcast that will be scrutinizing hype as much as possible and uh, clarifying what's good and what's valuable going forward um, so that the the listening world out there gets some uh, gets some value and hopefully contributes as well i think that's probably a good uh, just a, a, an introduction and hopefully a bit of a teaser for 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 the world at large and um we will put s- stuff out with this to support what we've been saying just a few bullet points and questions and hope to hear your your feedback ian will you be looking forward to seeing those i can't wait for those letters coming in my front door with a sack laden down with letters oh no hang on no 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 we don't live in the 1980s anymore do we yes i'm looking forward well we could i mean we could be quite prosaic about it and say please send us a letter that would be that would be nice okay well um thanks very much for listening and and we look forward to speaking to you about all things enterprise digital very soon thank you